Podcast Network Asia. First Metrosec is providing this podcast as a general market commentary. Reference to any specific security, product, or entity do not constitute as an offer or a solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments or to participate in any particular trading strategy. The statements, comments, views, or opinions expressed by the hosts are subject to change without notice and First Metrosec is under no obligation to update, amend, change, or correct any of the statements, comments, views, or opinions expressed. The statements, comments, views, and opinions expressed by the guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the view of First Metrosec. First Metrosec disclaims any liability arising from reliance on or reference to any information obtained in this podcast. You are listening to First Metro Securities Philippine Stock Market Weekly Podcast, where we feature timely and relevant discussions on the Philippine stock market and the economy in the hope of providing you investing and trading guidance. Here's your host, Royce Aguilar, from the Research Department at First MetroSec. All right, so let's get started. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to our quarterly economic briefing with the Ateneo Center for Economic Research and Development. So, ASERD, right? It's an academic think tank from the Ateneo de Manila University focused on advancing policy recommendations that promote industry competition and economic growth. So this special session is made possible by First Met Securities. I'm Royce Christopher Aguilar, uh, First Met Securities Department Head for Retail Research. So guys, this is the first of many quarterly economic briefings with Ateneo. Okay, so our live briefing is catered to our clients, but this will also be uploaded on our YouTube and Spotify channels. Okay, so let me introduce our speaker for today. So our speaker this afternoon is a professor of the Ateneo Department of Economics and the former director of ASERT. He was the president also of the Philippine Economic Society, the professional association of economists in the country. In 2013, and prior to joining the Ateneo Economics Faculty in 2014, he was the uh, director of research, culture, education, and social issues at the University of Santo Tomas. Sayang, di ko nabutan si Doctor Ang na CST si ako, but nevertheless, di ba, he was uh, really a good uh, professor there. I heard, and then he also finished his master's degree in public policy at the National University of Singapore as a scholar of the Singapore government, and his PhD in applied economics at Osaka. University as a scholar of the Japanese government. He's also currently a Fulbright Visiting Research at Institute of uh, Study of International Migration in Georgetown University. So he'll provide us a rundown of the Philippines' first quarter 2023 GDP results and economic performance. So Dr. Ang will also discuss ASERT's economic outlook and insights for the Philippines. So without further ado, I will now pass on the floor to Dr. Alvin Ang for his presentation. So Dr. Ang, go ahead. Uh, thank you, thank you, Royce, and good afternoon, everyone. All right, so this is joint work with my colleague uh, Dr. Louis Dumlao, who made the presentation for the institutional bias uh, yesterday. So my task today is to present this economic performance of the first quarter and our view moving forward for the rest of the year. So our outline is we have the uh, standard PITIC test that uh, the Ateneo does. PITIC meaning presyo, trabajo, and kita which is, was developed by our senior, uh, most senior fellow, uh, Dr. Shell Habito. No? Uh, we'll talk about finance as well. And then the, looking at the international side, the public finance perspective and some caveats that can affect our forecast. No? So let's start with pressure. So we all know that has been an issue in the last, last year, no? So the inflation as of uh, April started to soften. Now it's 6.6. Is it good or is it bad? So we want to see, looking at this history, what's causing this slowdown in inflation. Uh, and we also look at the region. No? We know that uh, the inflation is going down, but there's a, this initial caveat already is that the potential El Nino effects is uh, upon us too. Okay? So let's look uh, back, you know, look at history. This is inflation back to the 70s, no? And the 7.9 uh, seems to be really it's high, but compared to previous years, it's it's not it's not really that high. No? The highest we had the uh, double digit the last time was about 1998 during the Asian financial crisis, no? 
So we we are not any we have not gone back to that condition for a while. So hopefully um, we will no longer get back to that uh, double digit inflation levels. No, but what's the cost of inflation in the Philippines? You will find that really the cost of inflation in the Philippines mostly external. No? So shocks are coming from the outside supply. So look at history. Uh, all of them coming from external events, basically. And one or two coming from our own internal problems, particularly our output of rice. No? Okay. If you look at the history, really every administration has, has attempted to lower the inflation. That's how important prices is to ordinary people, to the population in general. So this episode that we are into right now, again, is an external event that costs it significantly. Right? If you look at the per commodity basis, uh, you will see that actually inflation per item, you will see that it started to soften, but still high. No? For example, uh, I'm not going to look at uh, alcohol and beverage. This is because of the syntax that we have been adding to it. So it's continuing to increase. Food and beverage has already gone down by all, more than one percentage points. But you see other elements which are part of what is known as core inflation still remain elevated. Okay, so what are are we looking at there? No, important thing there are two things. No, transport has gone down significantly because of the price of oil from 108 to 75 US dollars per barrel. And if things go well in the Europe European front, oil prices would, would probably settle around 70, 60 in the next two years. No, so these are the things that have affected us significantly the last year. No. If you get the inflation per commodity, you will find that the biggest inflation is coming from sugar, right? Sugar, tobacco, as I said, because of syntaxes, then fruits, passenger transport, milk, flour, veggies. So these are daily necessities except for tobacco. I mean, but if you look at them, they are high, but we don't consume them by sacks like rice, no? So you don't eat one kilo of sugar per day, right? So they are high, but it's not affecting you as much. No? If you look at the headline versus score, tracking it uh, 30 years back, you will find that the only time we have very high core inflation was in the 1998 uh, Asian financial crisis. No? That's the only time. Uh, the other ones are, are lower than the headline, which is the blue, which is the inflation that we all hear. No? But now... It's the reverse. No, we have seen a huge drop in the uh, regular headline inflation, but elevated paren yung core. So what composes the core? You will see here, the core inflation is clothing, communication, recreation, education, furnishing, health, accommodation, transport, and personal care. No? So these are still going up, meaning the impact is not yet felt. No, The lowering of food prices are not yet felt across uh, other seg segment of the economy. And uh, the challenge is, if they continue to increase, they will create wage pressures, no? Wage. Because it's now not just food, but almost every other daily consumable of people, are the prices are increasing. And we all feel that, no? So the core inflation, if it's not arrested, it will lead to significant uh, pressure to increase wages. Now, most likely, the earliest you can already experience uh, wage increases is uh, late June or July. No? But accordingly, our wages are regionally determined. No? It's not, uh, we don't have a national minimum wage anymore. No? So regional. Okay. All right. So if you look at my region, this is what will happen. So if the inflation is not the same across the regions, then the pressure to increase wages will also be different. So, yun yung maging challenge mo. You will create wage distortion across regions. No? So, for example, in NCR, inflation is 7.1. The national is 6.6. .6. But look, uh, it's only 4.7 in Eastern Visayas and 4.8 in Cagayan Valley. So, th there's not that high wage pressure in those two regions compared to NCR no? in that sense. Okay? So, hope Hopefully, the Ukraine war, we are used to it. Oil had, had some adjustments made already. The supply chain disruptions are addressed as China reopened their economy. So there is already that deceleration. No? 
because um, goods are moving already. Now, the only thing there is that, is it sustainable at this level? No? But since inflation is really a, ba- you know, you compare it from last year to present. So the base effect is always there. So since we're coming from a high base last year, and you will see improvement in the flow of goods and services right now, then that will naturally reflect a downward trend. So our estimate is that the year will end with inflation close to 5 or even lower than 5%. So that will average about 6%. Okay, so not bad anymore, not bad. It is important because later as we will talk about interest rates, there's, an, there's a relationship between interest rates and inflation. So if your inflation is headed downwards, you will have now a window to see that interest rates can also go down in the future. No? Not necessarily immediately, but possibly. No? Unless the challenge is if there is a wage spiral. No? If that wage increase is not avoided, if the core inflation continues to increase. Now, globally, this is the picture. This has come from the uh, IMF uh, economic outlook that came out last month. You will see that already they are projecting the global inflation rate to go down the headline and the core, which is very likely. That means they are looking at the U.S. interest rates, the European interest rates to go down as well, which means that it can also contribute to the lowering of our own interest rates. Right? Okay. Uh, let's go to trabajo, no? Petit, no? So, pressure, trabajo. Employment is one of the surprise outcome of the post-pandemic economic growth, not only of the Philippines, but anywhere else. Uh, in fact, our unemployment rate is below 5%. No? That's, that's amazing because uh, natural unemployment rate covers around 2 to 3%, meaning there will be naturally people who will not work or who will who cannot find work because of mismatches and 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 any and other stuff but you're very close now to 3% no so that's the natural unemployment rate so we now need to know what is the impact to the economy of such uh low unemployment rate no? so if you look at data you will find that the the fully employed population is about 43 million right but out of that 43 million, we still have about 26 million who are not participating. This is where people get confused. No? Our uh, data on employment, unemployment, people who are not participating are not unemployed because they are not participating. That means we only count unemployed those people who are looking for a job and cannot find a job. But if they're not, they don't have work, but they're not looking for work, they're called non-participants. So these are people who are already working age, meaning 15 to 64, but some of them are still in school. No, 15 to 24 are still in school. So they're not participant. Uh, they're not looking for a job, right? And they, they also don't have a job, but probably they're not going to be more than, 20, they're not 26 million, but they're substantial, right? So understand that the participation rate is the those who should work, how many percent of them are working? So 66% for the Philippines. This is a little bit lower than that of uh, Vietnam at 80 and Indonesia at 77. Just tells you that there is no room for people there to wait for manna to fall from heaven. They're very active, no, looking for income opportunities. All right. Uh, and also, we don't count the OFWs. No? The OFWs are not counted in the uh, local labor force because they're not in the Philippines. Now, if you look at the numbers, no, just comparing the numbers that came out this March and last year, see that the increase is incredible. No? There is about there is about 1.6 million new jobs. That's amazing, no? Uh, absorbing new labor participants, meaning the fresh grads, 1.145, and then 461 previously unemployed. So a lot of jobs are available. And to me, this is the main reason why, even if prices are high, people don't really complain that much because they can get a job. There's a lot of opportunities. Number of employed people now is much higher 
than pre-pandemic employment levels. No? That's how available the jobs are. There's so many jobs. No? And also, there's a significant improvement in the underemployed. What is the underemployed? No? These are people who wants to work 40 hours a week. Now, some of them cannot work 40 hours a week, part-time, part-time. Now, they have increased. That has declined by 2 million people. No? So more people are now having quality kind of work because if you're working 40 hours a week, that means you are more or less a regularly paid employee. right? Those are amazing figures in terms of employment. And that is a social explanation to why even if prices are high, people are really just complaining on Facebook but uh, and social media. But you know, there's no social unrest with that very high inflation that we just went through, right? Because there is job and job opportunities abound. Okay, and where are these jobs? No, where are these jobs? The jobs are basically in services. Most of them are in services, and biggest job generator are wholesale and retail, no? construction, transport, and accommodation. So there is still a substantial number of people in agriculture, right? This is where we have a challenge. Now I'll talk about that later. But the jobs are generally generated in construction, transport, uh, retail, and accommodation. No? Uh, as you can see, the job creation is a lot in services. And the biggest job creation happened in transport and accommodation, easily adding 1 million jobs, transportation and accommodation, including restaurants. Yeah, no? The transport, jeepney, bus, including uh, the, tra the, mo the motorbikes now. So a lot of jobs are generated there, but very low productivity sector. Mga yan, eh? And then we're losing... A lot of jobs in agriculture too. We have lost about more than 600 million jobs in agriculture. And that's, that's not so good, right? Because that means it's exposing our food uh, security. No? Right? So union challenge, no? the jobs that are being created are in sectors whose productivity is not high. So that means wage increases, productivity increases, efficiency gains are very low. Uh, so low skill type of works are available, but still you still have a job uh, rather than no job. Uh? Yeah. So the top winners are in these sectors: transport, accommodation, wholesale, retail. All right. So that's the jobs, and let's go to Kita to the GDP now. So last week, it was announced six point four percent growth. Right. So is that an amazing growth? Uh, well, that's one of the fastest still in the first quarter. We don't have the complete data from the region, but if you go compare it no, to the last years, no, so where are we really? This is data from uh, until end of uh, December last year, at least, no, where we have complete data. So you see here that the Philippines is the second fastest growing economy in Asia and the Pacific. Despite the pandemic, no. So even Vietnam, eh, who, which is fast growing, did not surpass us at second place. So China, during the pandemic, they opened their economy initially and then before they closed, no. So the Philippines, uh, basically, with negative, a lot of negatives, able to recover back and and produce a re really uh, strong growth, no. So five point fourteen. Uh, if you look. Over the years, the 6.4 still way above the natural growth of about 6.1. That's uh, if you look, even despite the crisis that we experience, that is uh, there is a a 0 0.30 output gap. No? So that means the actual is 6.4 when uh, the trend is only 6.1. Okay, so the seven. Point one in the previous quarters, they were part of the base effect, no? Because we're coming from a very deep minus eighteen, no? so you're going back up. So the, those are blips, no? So low base, then you get it back, but then it will average back to its natural growth path. But then it's very important to understand that the levels might have been breached, no? So, so are we back at that level? I always explain it this way. No? It's just like going to Baguio. You are on Canon Road. Then you lost your way. Napababa ka. 
and then you're trying to get back to Canon, you cannot find it, but you are already at the same level. Let's say the 19 pre-pandemic, our GDP is 19.5 trillion. So sabihin na natin, yan yung uh, sa 1,000 feet ka. No? And then you are now at about 20,000 feet. I sorry, 2,000 feet, but still not on the Canon road. No? Not on the main road. So what is the implication of that? No, We should have been at 25 trillion at this level if we continue that growth path no kaso nawala eh. hindi tayo pumunta doon so nagnormalize la we are growing again back at 6 to 6.5 but we lost about 3.8 trillion that's about 25% of opportunities uh, lost no? we understand that no so yun yung output gap na tinatawag we should have we lost about almost 4 trillion uh, due to the pandemic okay So where is that growth coming from? Basically, services. Yan. Services. Uh, the blue bars here, we are really a service-dominated economy. No? Yan ang nagpapalago. Agri is almost insignificant already. Uh, but remember, I told you earlier, there's still about one-third of workers trapped in the agricultural sector. And it's, if that sector is not producing enough, then they are dividing the output among themselves. So very little wage increases yan. No? Now consider yung mga jobs generated coming from sectors, transport, uh, accommodation, and construction, they comprise less than 20% of total services. No? Main service is really wholesale retail. Okay? Now if you look at the expenditure side, we still have a strong household consumption. Sabi nila bumagal, yes, bumagal, but still normalizing. You're slowing down because prices are high. But still, people are spending. A lot of it is coming from uh, income from abroad. So, mga OFW remittances pa rin na nagfo-float niyan in, 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 a, in a way. Now, if you distribute the growth according to region, this is where you cha- your challenge is. The challenge is that you are really just growing in three regions. No? NCR, Region 3, Region 4A. No? So, this distribution of growth is a challenge over the long term because it will cause geographic uh, congestion. Pupunta lahat sa Luzon ng tao. Right? Now, this is our general forecast. No, I want you to see numbers here. Very important. No? For example, uh, our original forecast is on the first side. No, Because we think that there was still continuing uh, base effect. But apparently, tapos na yung base effect. We are done with the base effect. We're now normalized. So we will just grow by an average about 6.5, 6.4. Our steady state is that is that range, no? which means that the economy will double in 11 years. But the sad thing there is if you look at agriculture, it would take them 67 years to grow at this stage. No? Pag hindi magpalit yung uh, output capacity na agri natin, 67 years. That's a, that's a big challenge for our food security, right? So look where the, and, and the sad thing there is manufacturing grew only by 2%, no? You know, you need you need manufacturing to really grow higher in, in, in agriculture because they are contributing to more employment no, rather than the service sector. Besides, no, you can keep the products generated by production. In services, you have to be present to be able to generate the, the output, diba? So for example, the barber has to go to the barber shop to cut hair before he can earn. Unlike somebody who made a bag, can keep the bag and sell it later. Diba? So, walang ano to, no? yung services requires a lot of presence. And that's why in the Philippines, the services, excluding the uh, BPOs, which is uh, information, communication, and some finance, it's really a service that requires you to be present. And that's the reason why traffic is very bad in Metro Manila, in Cebu, in Davao, In Cagende Oro. Why? Because people, much of the jobs are generated that requires you to be present to serve no? in restaurants. No? So, hindi pa siya, hindi nag-work dito yung work from home in a more uh, advantageous way because the context of our services is really very uh, low kind, low quality, low skill service na meron tayo. Okay? So let me, let me skip now this. No? All right. So if you look at the expenditure side, 
uh, yes, no, yung sabi nila, yung, uh, yung household consumption, it is slowing down. But it's not going to go down in terms of share. It's still going to be the main share. And government consumption will have to go down now because you need the private sector to come and and contribute. No, So that's why you have still a double-digit gross capital formation, which is investment. Uh, one thing we we are seeing here is that um, we are still dependent a lot on import no? and expanding uh, strongly. No? So we thought that export will already increase, but apparently not. So we are still, we are continuing to be a huge import-dependent country, which has an impact in our uh, foreign exchange. No? So if you look at the uh, peso uh, ending there, you know, look, uh, these are models that uh, we can take a look at using uh, parity, random walk, purchasing parity. You will see that the peso has a very big range you No, know, if you use the 5% error. So it can fall between 51 to 60. Point estimates says that the peso would be 60, uh, sorry, 56, no? 56 would be, you know, the level where it's uh, stable, no? It will be stable. The second element is looking at interest rates right now. Anong classing interest rates meron tayo? Our interest rates, uh, there's a big bet, no? Tomorrow, the BSP will say if the interest rates will increase or not. Differential now is uh, 1.7. Our historical differential, as you can see, this is called the premium, is 2. Uh, we are just above that a bit. No? So, may potential talaga na mag-increase pa yung rate. No? There's a, that strong potential based on theory. No? So, if the government uh, sees that the peso is weakening, but it's working at, it's uh, stabilizing at 56, uh, 60 is a big number. That's why it's a psychological barrier. They will not probably allow it to go there. So that's why in October last year, we had 59, almost 60, 59, 90. Then it went down, back down by increasing interest rates. No? So that means uh, you prevent more dollars to flow from flowing out of the country. And so this is our challenge, no? the exports. Wow, um, Palaki ng palaki yung deficit natin because of uh, that. It's only the remittances that is uh, paying for the difference in our remittance in our uh, trade deficit. No, the deficit is now 11% of GDP. So who will pay for that? Okay. So our large trade deficit is actually the largest in the neighborhood. No, larger than uh, India. But look at our neighbors. No. They are not pressured by by uh, deficit. No? Korea has a trade deficit now. Used to be one of the countries with more uh, foreign exchange. No, but but then the issue is, what are we import exporting to counteract our imports? No? And if you look at our reserve requirements, so uh, how much reserves we have, we are able to still have about eight months of reserves, uh, which is higher than Thailand, higher than Singapore higher than South Korea, and definitely higher than Vietnam. No? But that should not make us happy because eight months in the past, during the Asian financial crisis, when the peso devalued significantly, which was about three months, no? Kung three months na lang yung reserves mo, required to, to pay for your imports, then there's a tendency for the peso to devalue. No? But we don't see that happening because we have the remittances as a major cushion. Plus, uh, other factors such as tourism, no? Frustrating lang because uh, we are a laggard in tourism in the region. The tourist arrivals, one of the lowest. Our own problems, the airport infrastructure in the country, no? And we are not selling any other thing that is different, no? So we are selling the same beaches for with Thailand and Indonesia and Malaysia. So there are no major attractions like uh, Universal Studios, Legoland, mga no? So, you really have to be unique there, but what can you do? So, 2 million tourists, we can do more. Maybe negotiate for flights to come direct to the Philippines instead of stopping in Thailand and Singapore no? from Europe. Yung mga ganon. The remittances is normalizing at 3.6%. That's been the range of growth 
for the last uh, monthly, no monthly, no. So pabalik tayo yan. No? We are there. We still average about two million OFWs, new OFWs coming going out every year, and they will certainly cushion uh, uh, remittances no? over the years. So hindi na madama ba marireverse yan, no? Kahit ano pang gawin natin, ayan na yun. No? So, uh, if the economy will rely less on OFW remittances, we still need other sources no? from tourism to BPOs. But BPOs is also uh, challenged by uh, AI. No? So, the contact part probably will lose it in five years no? with chatbot, BARD, and all these uh so chat gpt with this ai they can do much of those stuff now so you need to go up the value chain in the business process outsourcing uh okay stretch na tayo public finance uh many people are worried about the debt uh the debt there's some improvement already seven percent ideal is three percent so malayo pa no so is that a, something to be worried about yes uh that's even lower than our uh close to 5% deficit during the 83 to 85 crisis. So, you know, it's not normal to have this kind of debt. But of course, there is a pandemic that happened. So, and also our total debt, uh, the ideal is not to go beyond 60. We are barely, barely there, no? Barely, we are 61. So, gusto sana natin, uh, we continue that path in 2019 where the debt to GDP was already at 42 from a high of 87 in the 2000. So, you know, to reverse this means that either you slow down on expenditures, which is not possible because we have so many expenditures, but then we need to grow the economy to be able to pay the debt. No, parang yung asset mo, if you grow your asset, your debt compared to your asset becomes smaller. Diba? So if you're a person, you own people... Uh, 1 million, but your income asset uh, flow every year is 5 million, your debt to your assets only 20%, meaning you can easily repay it. In the, sa- in the same manner, the economy needs to grow, needs to grow so that the rate, if the debt is not increased, then it goes down in relation to the economy. No? So, yun yung process. A bulk of the debt is really domestic. No? Utang tayo na utang through treasury bills, bonds, and so all of this sort of stuff. Government is borrowing from us. It's just parang nire-recycle mo yung utang. No? But then, that's better than exposing ourselves to foreign debt. No? Of course, the foreign debt is also has increased, but not as high as the domestic debt. So we're basically domestically indebted. Okay? So we need to grow that, that economy. Caveats, uh, yeah, we have scar sales, one of the fastest now. In 2022, very strong car growth, no, no, sales, no? 37,000 new units were sold. No? I think most of you who waited for a long time, no, got new cars, no? 2017 pa yung huling ganyan. Then, ito nga, in visitor arrival, I was saying, and daming international travelers, most of these are really balik bayans. We need to convert this to, to, Foreign tourists, no, hindi yung mga umuwi lang dito. No, we need uh, new tourists to expand in the country. If this reaches 5 million, that's amazing. Thailand is 26 million. We don't need to be 26 million. 5 million, okay na. Double this number. COVID emergency has, has been ended. So that means money is now freed for other health purposes, which is important. No, most, most of the resources of health was focused on COVID. Now we can deal with other diseases. Agriculture, ito, I've been showing this in many of my presentations just to let you know. If you look at this data, you will see that why agriculture needs to be given a lot of attention. If you're not investing in financial markets, invest in real in the real production, invest in agriculture. Because look, you know, all the things that you eat are no longer produced locally because the output, look, this should be increasing over time. But this is all flat, meaning same level of output, same over the years. no? So no wonder you will import. Kasi hindi dumadami yung volume. No? The volume has remained flat. No? 
that's a challenge. No, that's a very sad challenge for an agricultural country like ours. Uh, also, uh, that it's going to create more inequality. Income, disposable income of the rich is 14 times in the lowest decile. Agriculture, most of the poor are in agriculture. I'm showing you this data so that you see the importance of uh, investing or addressing agricultural uh, improvement. And this is data just to compare uh, long-term human capital development. Philippines uh, not able to bring down poverty as fast as the neighbors. And worse, we are not able to bring down stunting. No, alam mo ba yung stunting is yung... Uh, they are small, yung maliliit, no? And, and, and since they're stunted, the brain is also stunted. If they are below five years old, it's irreversible. So 30% of our children, future human capital are stunted. So, so these are just challenges that right? you, you need to address. And hopefully some investment opportunities go this way. So wrapping up, these are, no, inflation is in a cautionary state. So... It's going down. Uh, hopefully, no more surprises. Unemployment is on the boom, meaning it's going down. Okay? A lot of jobs are available. Income growth has recovered, but not the, the growth rate has, has, grow, has, has been recovered, but we have not gone back to the main road. Peso stabilizing. A public finance issue is very large uh, debt that we have. No? But we can be positive uh, when we convert, convert these things that I just said and that the real economy is doing better than finance. So, so there's a lot of expansionary opportunities. The Philippines will grow uh, no matter what. Because of the status quo, it will still grow 6 to 6.5%. Okay, so I think I'll end there and be ready to answer your questions later. Thank you and God bless. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Ang, for that uh, informative presentation. Actually, you know, if you take a look at other sources of information that you could read, the insights ng Astrid. So, for example, si Pitek, right? Si Pesho Trabaho Kita. I think, yung nag-coin yun, di ba, Dr. Ang, si Dr. Shelito Habito. Right? And you can see his articles also sa Inquirer, yung title niya, No Free Lunch. And I actually read that every Tuesday siya, if I'm not mistaken, every Tuesday, si Inquirer publishes yung article ni Dr. Shelito Habito. And of course, there are also other members of Astrid, si, diba, si Dr. Ang, si Dr. Luis Tumlao, doc, si Dr. Sir Peñares. You can make, make times that they release their own article sa business world, as a business mirror. I read that from time to time, we send it to the rest of the company. No? So, of course, to, before we begin the questions, though, we we, we, have, we managed to compile rin yung mga list of questions there. Since you arranged your presentation to Pitek, sir, yung questions rin natin, naka-arrange sa Pitek. All right, so let's get started. So, pressure. Let's let's start with pressure. So, how has historical inflationary environments affected economic growth, especially household consumption or business investments? How are the current inflation trends different or similar vis-a-vis -vis its impact on GDP growth? So, Dr. Ang, go ahead. As you have seen in the in data, no, that the inflation rate right now that we're experiencing. Well, the, the similarity is all externally uh, generated, no? meaning these are supply factors coming from the outside. Now, uh, the difference is, I think we have not learned in managing our supply. So, because if many of these were recurrent, no? for example, oil, these are the biggest component of inflation. 60% eh? then is really food. Eh? No? Another 10 to 15% oil related so if you manage this too very well by you know uh, doing supply contracts ensuring that you have availability of them all the time you will not have uh, runaway inflation like that uh, just consider for example singapore doesn't produce anything but do they have huge inflation problems like we are seeing right now or japan for that matter uh, because these countries have uh, you know negotiated their requirements early on Ganon. So yun yung, yung, yung difference is that we are experiencing the same sources of inflation and we have not really been able to address them squarely. And I just showed you the figures on agriculture in all different agricultural outputs. No? If you are prepared to address inflation, you should be able to increase production of all these uh, food products. All right. So thank you, Dr. Ang. For your next question, pipa rin tayo, Dr. Ang. 
will an El Nino phenomenon put upward pressure in inflation? So maybe perhaps you can circle back your slides later in terms of your inflation forecast for the next quarters and the full year. But first, help us answer this question. Will an El Nino phenomenon put upward pressure in inflation? And how much do you think the impact would be, Feb? El Nino, kasi, the question is the magnitude. We don't know the magnitude. There is a mild El Nino. There is a wild swing El Nino. Even the weather forecasters don't know. So the most likely impact of that is uh, prolonged drought. No? So that will affect your food production. So if the, you know that is coming, this is what I'm saying. No? If you know that is coming, what are you doing to ensure food security? No? So that it will not affect your inflation. Right? So yun yung, yun yung mga, we, we know it's coming, but we don't know how severe or how mild it's going to be. Right. So historically, no pattern. El Nino has no pattern. It's just that it will cause a drought. How how strong? Not the same when it the episodes come. Okay. So then, but then you still have to prepare. Thank you, Doctor Ang. So the next question is related to interest rates, right? Because this is this helps contain you know, price, right? So when do you expect BSP to start cutting rates, and you know? I think the question is, when do you expect the BSP to start cutting rates and how would this affect GDP growth? So let's start with the first you know, part of the question. In the, the, the amazing thing is that uh, we are in this growth environment uh, and very high, uh, still double-digit loan growth despite high interest rates, right? Because many of these, many of the firms, they are already committed to their expansion. Right, so they, you know, there is a limit to their capacity to absorb high interest rates. So, as we can see, you know, with the IMF and all other forecasts, seeing that inflation is tapering and it's tapered significantly in the U.S., no, and lakang binaba, most likely, interest rates will will soften in the states first. No? But then, in in domestically, we have to we have to see that. There is no wage spiral no, in this. Because if my wage spiral uh, will will it immediately cut no, interest rates or even uh, reserve requirements, because you don't want the firms to have double whammy, higher wages and then higher interest rate. So, you know, I I I think if the core inflation will not soften this May, you know, magiging challenge natin. We don't want to extend it to July because school opening preparation. So, meron kang window, May and June. So, that's, that's a window that interest rates. Hopefully, uh, core inflation softened. No? Mag-trend siya. Mataas, pero nag-trend downward. Yung important. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Angs. Moving on to T, trabaho. So, in March, underemployment fell to 11.2%. Right, so that's the lowest since April 2005, while unemployment rate dropped to 4.7 percent, better than the 5.8 percent figure last year. Do you think this is sustainable, or do you know how do you see current labor conditions affect household consumption? The labor condition, actually, uh, I think we are at the bottom already. No? So sustainable, yan. As I said, no, it's very close to the natural unemployment rate of about two to three percent. So. You know, it's just like you are um, a developed country growing, <laughs> but uh, we are at about 4.7. I think that's just about it. Bababa pa siguro, pero 4.5, yun And it will be at that level. Sustainability, uh, again, it will depend on, that's why the interest rate question is important. Because if interest rates are not paused, and if they continue to increase, it will cause firms to hire less, diba? So, yun yung magiging impact nun. That's why you don't end wages if wages increase. So, you are careful, no? Not to balance it out. If you increase the wages, you lose workers. And if interest rates continue to be high, you lose more workers. So, you have to address those two uh, without affecting employment. Because, as I said, no? That's the, that's the factor that explains why, even with high inflation, you don't have social challenges. No? People are able to get through. No? Even with 110 pesos per kilo sugar, even with a 700 peso onion, 
they complain on social media, but they still buy it. Diba? So it's because they have jobs. So that's why the jobs data is very important right now. To sustain it means you have to address interest rates and wages. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Ang. So next question is, Middle East countries have implement labor law that they will employ the local Middle East labor force replace OFW. Does your data see any decline of OFW employment and remittances? And how many years can the Philippine government rely on OFW remittances? Go ahead, sir. We, we have heard of that and do, those have been implemented, but it's not simply, does not work that easily for the Middle East countries. They're too rich to do, to do that. So they would still rely on, on the quality of Philippine labor. No? Yun yung, yun yung ano dun, eh. That's why uh, we're so sought after around the world. Now, uh, of course, we don't want the Philippine workers to be contributing to the development of other countries when they can help develop our own country. No? So ideally, we, we want to see them come back. But if the opportunities are very limited to a few sectors, so paano naman, di ba? So you see that kind of uh, a challenge as well. So OFWs will be part of our, that's the Philippines already. We even made already Department of Migrant Workers. Eh? So it will not go away in a decade and in even two decades. It will not just go away like that. It will slow down, siguro, in terms of sending people uh, because of other countries uh, improving or uh, offering other opportunities. But then it will, it will remain as a major and key option for economic growth in this country. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Ang. So moving on to K. Right, so this is a two-part question. So, do you think our current admin is doing enough for the agri sector? And the second part of the question is, what catalyst will increase our local manufacturing? And I think if you would like to expand your answer on this, what proposal, if kayo sir, yung uh, given opportunity to propose our current admin? So go ahead to address those. Yung agri kasi it, it's a tricky it's a tricky sector because the the output improvement does not happen in in two or three years, no? So structural yung problem mo It takes time. It takes time. It takes investment, the right investments and the right use of resources that you have funneled into that sector. No? So our agricultural sector, yun ang ano natin, uh, most of our resources are concentrated on rice and corn when there are other products that can be sold that are a high value that people abroad will buy. No? For example, cassava. No? We are one of the major producers of cassava, but don't export it as much. Mga ganun. Maraming ano, pwedeng gawin. Domestically, we have seen also news of uh, provinces throwing away tomato, uh, their produce, because they don't want to depress the price. This tells you that there is no very, there is a missing system of uh, coordination or information among planters around the country or even livestock producers or fishers. So, kung may context problem, dapat mayroong database, you know who produces what, and you don't throw away. You, you, you share it with whoever needs it and then you buy it, di ba? It, it, it's unimaginable in an age of technology where we are when chismis goes faster, di ba? So, how can you throw away something when you can tell somebody, anyone there who wants to buy tomato? Diba? So, ganun eh. uh, the, the mechanism is available. Nobody's using it because, uh, you know, I also, I, I, I don't know, but I feel for the farmers. Some of the farmers, they say, they plant looking at Man- Metro Manila to be their place to sell it. No? So, kung hindi lang sa Manila, wag na. So, parang mali din yun, di ba? If you can sell it where whoever wants to buy it and you make money, that's 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 the thing. Not it's better for them to take a loss. So that, those those things have I think we have said it to government. I don't know uh, how difficult it is. I'm not in government, so I don't know. Maybe in my mind it's easy, but uh, probably it takes time for them to to make this work. Thank you, thank you, Doctor Ang. And this the next question is interesting to me as well. Right. So I believe there's no regional breakdown yet for the first quarter GDP in terms of growth. Can you share your thoughts in terms of regional performance based on 
what the group is seeing and which regions do you expect will drive GDP growth moving forward? Are there salient trends that you have observed? So go ahead. It's very predictable. There are just three regions growing in this country and it's not changed over the last 20 years. So you can see that uh, very easily by power consumption. You can see that very easily by uh, movement of people. And they're all concentrated in in Metro Manila, Region 3, Region 4A, Calabar and uh, Bulacan, Pampanga, Tarlac area. No? So the rest, Mindanao also uh, have little growth. Davao, again, the Oro, a little bit in Sambuanga, but uh, much of the resources are in this part of the country. So, nandiyan yung growth, no? <laughs> Nagko-concentrate na doon. Alright. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Ang. And this, this question, we, we got several questions of the same nature, no? For this one. So, the question is, based from what you guys are seeing, will, will the U.S. go into recession? If yes, hard ba? Or soft landing? And if the U.S. goes into recession, how will it impact the Asia, especially us, the Philippines? Go ahead. The biggest challenge in question in the U.S. right now is the debt, no? their debt uh, limit because uh, they're reaching it very soon. No? And that that could, you know, of course, the, by default, you know that the U.S. will not allow it because it will affect world the world economy in this recovery period. Eventually, they will extend that. However, uh, recession in the U.S. still unlikely uh, in the sense that uh, there's still strong jobs growth. No, The impact of the recession was that it caused a lot of opportunities for new jobs because people have realized that some jobs are no longer uh, needed. So, and since inflation is going down and jobs growth are still okay, so I don't see a, any hard recession coming into the U.S. Normalization of growth, maybe. Normalization of growth, meaning the U.S. will grow 1% to 2%. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Ang. This is another question. Aside from human labor force export, that's the question. What other type of export should our government concentrate on to boost the export industry? Because you mentioned earlier in your presentation in deficit, right? So mm-hmm. what other type of export should the government focus on? Para ma boost naman export. So go ahead. Well, really, our, our challenge is... Ano eh? We are not a, we are not a production conscious economy. No? We are, uh, like I said, no services. But we ha- we have to be physically present. magaling tayo. But then uh, we have to export. Uh, we have to be part of the value chain. The RCEP, all of these agreements we join, they will be useless if we don't produce components uh, needed for this. No, I heard the president, and you know this is just a personal view. I think his idea, of, for example, of uh, uh, jumping in into the to the batteries, mining battery plant plant. No? That's very important, no? Because you're going to to the, the future is not anymore, you know, diba? fossil fuel. So that's something, no? You can create opportunities there. So. Thank you, Doctor Ang. So I think that the next question is relating to GDP trend. So to sustain the growth that we're seeing right now, I mean. Do you have any general or specific steps that the government should take moving forward? I mean, in terms of addressing the issues that we currently have, or in terms of what opportunities, what opportunities do we have and should we take advantage of? Like I said, uh, our view is that the, we will grow at this rate, 6.6 to 6.4 on the average every year. So sustainable and growth na yan. But it will only grow the same sectors that you are seeing. They're not productive sectors, no? Yeah. Uh, they are not producing output sector, their services sector that is basically non-tradable. Huh? So, hindi siya export So, therefore, uh, the growth will be capped at that level. And is it good? Good. We are growing. But the question is the quality of that growth. It will not distribute well. It will not redistribute well. It will penalize entrepreneurs. No? It's very limited yung opportunities. And in the long run, that will worsen inequality that we are seeing. Yun yung point no, no, ano nito. Yeah, we will grow. There's no question about that. Uh, trickle down lang yung pag-spread niya. 
no unless you do something and i mean the key there is to address it at the agricultural part because direct impacts agriculture you you can create exports you can create local job opportunities and then you feed the population you lower inflation you lower interest rate and dami magagawa ng no, agriculture no if you do it right yeah. thank you doctor so we have a couple of questions left all right you mentioned your outlook on the pest perhaps you can just elaborate to us you you mentioned there are several like pros of it one of which is random what does it mean and okay you general question is what your what's your outlook on the peso and how do you see this affecting imports so go ahead yung, yung peso if you just look at the random moment, this is the default no meaning if you increase the import then there and no no substantial increase in exports then there is just natural adjustment wherein the exchange rate which is the price of the deficit of of the trade adjust so based on the large deficit the the peso is always pressured to depreciate diba? so that's why yung 56 is what what this uh, expectation is telling us no but but then again the exchange rate has a political cap eh? i mentioned earlier diba 59.99 there's a there's a political cap so you do something about it as well so thinking like the 95% confidence level there is so so wide so it can swing within 52 to 59 diba so ipunta mo na lang sa gitna 56 so parang simple ano na lang averaging right thank you doctor for the last question and i think because for, for the stock market, for example, the, the main theme of the question is regarding the geopolitical situation in various regions, various parts of the world. And this has affected also sentiment so stock market, right? And the question is, what are you seeing further in terms of, for example, yung, say Ukraine-Russia, how we experience the worst already? How worse can it get? And then, alam naman natin Black Swan, kaya nga tinawag siyang Black Swan because... It's hard to predict when it will happen. For example, what possible geopolitical situations are you seeing on your end now, besides the Ukraine-Russia? So go ahead. Uh, well, there are talks, of course, of Taiwan and our own uh, West Philippine Sea issues with China. But I think there will just be talks. I mean, nobody wants to, dis- to create disruption. No? There can be a lot of noises. But I don't see, you know, the world is recovering. Nobody wants to 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 get out of that and nobody wants to get into that no you want out china for for example wanted to recover its economy to get back on track so taiwan as well so and and in, on our part we just want to have fair use of the resource available to us there so i think that those are things that uh, are ticklish but not necessarily Hindi kaya pag-usapan. So that's that's my view there. The Russia-Ukraine war, uh, people have adjusted to it, no? So the oil is no longer that an issue because they have shifted. In fact, uh, Europe has has more natural supply now. You know, that's what I'm saying. Eh. Uh, you know, a crisis is happening and it could happen again. You you look for other sources of supply. So they are all okay with oil. So our challenge now is no longer is no longer uh, uh, oil, but the the uh, fertilizer parin, no? may issue parin don. But then we have to shift. No? Yun. How fast can we shift? That's the question. Thank you, thank you, Doctor Ang, for a thorough, well-crafted presentation and a lively exchange during the question and answer portion. Again, thank you everyone for the lively discussion and a special briefing with Aster that was made possible by First Met Securities. And this has been your host, Royce Christopher Aguilar. Dr. Ang, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much and have a great week ahead. See you next quarter, guys. See you next quarter. Thank you. Thanks for listening to First Metro Securities Philippine Stock Market Weekly Podcast. Don't forget to follow us to get first dibs on our new episodes. For more up-to-date market news and info, exclusive content, and the opportunity to connect with your fellow Filipino investors and traders, join facebook.com slash groups slash firstmetrosec and be part of the First Metrosec family.
The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.